Yolisa's magic map. Zeb shunted Yolisa's wheelchair forwards. They turned right, then left, then left again. Santon Station lay 45 meters underground with quick lifts and steep escalators. Signposted passages led to spacious platforms with underground train tracks. Yolisa felt relieved that the chaos, noise and exhaust fumes from the vehicles on the street above had disappeared. Other passengers went calmly about their business. Zeb stopped suddenly on platform A, in front of big, shiny blue and gold metal doors that slid open. A welcome sign. The pair boarded the Gau train. How long until we get there? She sighed. Zeb replied impatiently. Check the map on the back of your gold Gau train card, Yolisa. Yolisa glanced at the three routes on the back of her gold card. The first step was Rosebank Station. Catch the RB2 Gau train bus to Melrose Arch. Get off near Melrose Road, close to the James and Ethel Gray Park, and take an easy walk to Acrobanch in the park. Return by bus to Rosebank Station and take the Gau train to Park Station in Johannesburg. From there, catch the J2 bus to Albertina Sisulu Street near the Cybona Discovery Center. Afterwards, the pair would catch the Gau train again to OR Tambo Airport. The Gau train swooshed deeper underground through a dark tunnel and away they went. Nice map, the plump lady said, admiring Yolisa's drawing. Quite magical looking with all that glitter. Yolisa, while excited about the Gau train ride, was also bored. She'd drawn a map of the Gau train routes and station names in her notebook in fancy letters and decorated them with little pictures using colorful glitter pens that curiously gave her map a special life of its own. She clipped her Gau train card to her map. Now, striking up a conversation with the plump lady seemed an interesting thing to do. I'm Yolisa, she said, sticking her hand out. Nice to meet you. My name is Mrs. Beadle, she said, shaking Yolisa's hand. How many stops until the airport, please? The lady asked, her big nostrils flaring. Um, we're on the train to Rosebank Station, Yolisa replied in a sing-song voice. My brother Zeb and I are having an adventure day of trains, buses and planes. Our Gau train cars can take us almost anywhere. Yolisa pointed towards Zeb, who was deep in conversation with another traveller. You can even park your car at the station with this Gau train card. Although our mom dropped us off, she says there's too much traffic in Gauteng and that the Gau train helps the environment by keeping cars off the road. Now we have a whole day of fun without a long wait in the car. Besides, the Gau train is easy on my wheelchair. Interested? Mrs. Beadle nodded. Yolisa continued. So first, to Rosebank. Then we're meeting my cousin who's arriving from Zambia at the airport later this afternoon. Mrs. Beadle gave a deep frown. Are you absolutely sure that we're on the way to Rosebank, though? She asked. Yolisa anxiously compared the map on the back of her Gau train card with the one in her notebook. At that moment, the train slowed. The Rosebank station appeared. She gazed at her glittery drawings which shimmered, suddenly feeling a little giddy. What happened next was quite peculiar. All her surroundings disappeared and she was falling. She gasped. She wasn't in the train anymore. She was almost upside down. Yolisa tumbled through leaves and small branches, landing awkwardly on the ropes of a safety net very high above the ground in a green canopy of trees. The Gauteng carriage had disappeared. Oh, look! What's that girl doing up there? She was invited to my birthday party, shrieked Ned Rumba a boy dressed in an expensive outfit and a tree-climbing harness. 
Yolisa peered down. She had landed at Acro Branch with its obstacle courses and zip lines in the treetops. From high up, Ned's party table with its cakes and balloons seemed very small. I want to climb up there first, someone shouted. So do I, so do I. A bunch of children gathered underneath the safety net to stare at Yolisa, who was trembling with shock. Look, they cried with excitement. She hasn't got a harness on. We've got a tree acrobat as a party surprise. Do some tricks, they shouted. Dazed and confused and feeling quite dizzy from her fall, Yolisa's thin legs dangled dangerously through the safety net. She was surprised to notice tackies on both her feet. Her injured foot was healed. She fell for her map of the Gau train and her card. They were still in her pocket. At that moment, an out-of-breath activity leader with a helmet on appeared through the leaves in the trees, ropes and metal links keeping him secure to the tree trunk. Are you injured? he asked. But before Yolisa could answer, a high-pitched shriek sounded from above. In an opening in the branches, a small grey head appeared. Yolisa stared. The head stared back with enormous dark eyes and a long, thin neck. A scream sounded. Grrr! Grrr! Of all the crazy things, a large hardider appeared through the leaves, one injured wing flapping loosely at its side. Ever so slowly, Yolisa stretched into the upper boughs of the tree, slipping her hand around the bird's wings. She cradled it to her chest. It calmed slightly. The activity leader leaned towards Yolisa, holding out a safety harness. His hands fumbled. The harness slipped, and it fell to the ground with a thud. Flabbergasted, the crowd gaped upwards. With her free hand, Yolisa grabbed at branches and rope and clambered across the wonky safety net, stumbling a little here and there, her feet slipping through the gaps. When she reached the tree ladder, she shimmied down against the rough bark of the tree, the bird still under her arm, until she reached the ground. She looked a mess, but who could blame her? The activity leader lifted the hardida from Yolisa's arms and hurried off to his acro branch office. Brilliant! cried the children. Yolisa had done wonderfully well. Now for trick number two, Ned shouted. The impressed crowd cheered. Amazed at her new athletic abilities, Yolisa glanced at her feet rather proudly. She grabbed her notepad from her pocket, squinting hard in the sun at the drawings on her map. Her face and hands tingled and the map sparkled. Then she felt her feet lift into the air, higher and higher, and higher, and higher. Ned screamed with shock, and the rest of the children looked on in amazement. Up, up into the sky went Yolisa. From above, she spotted Santon Station, which looked like a tiny white triangle, and the gold and blue Gau train buses looked like toy cars. The annoying sound of Ned squawking faded as she floated upwards. Soon the crowd became just a speck. Then down, down, and kaplunk! Yolisa landed with a bump in her wheelchair. Zeb was pushing her through Busy Park Station towards the Gau train bus. Yolisa shut her eyes in confusion. An ear-splitting bang sounded. She jumped with fright. A fog of blue smoke hung in the air. Emerging from the smoke, Yolisa found herself at the back of a wide platform in a science laboratory, both feet once again in tackies, her map and card in her pocket. She crept further into the shadows of the platform, remaining hidden. Another bang! Ah! 
gasped the audience of school children, and oh! They pressed their hands to their ears to block out the loud noises. It seemed that Yolisa was in the middle of some type of science show. A wrinkled professor in a white coat threw his arms out in a gesture of showmanship, and the audience gave thunderous applause. At that point, a massive red-haired woman, who had once been a famous South African actress in the theatre, ran onto the platform in a tight silver gown. She flicked her feathered scarf this way and that before tossing it dramatically to one side. The actress joined the professor under purple and blue spotlights and burst into song. Everyone was taken aback with the power of her booming voice. Music struck up and the crowd chimed in with the chorus. Yolisa, pausing to watch the lively spectacle, noticed the feathered scarf smoldering on the floor. A bright orange flame appeared. Panicked, she flitted across the platform, grabbed a beaker of water from the science table and threw it onto the flaming scarf. An enormous explosive puff of blue smoke filled the air once again. Within seconds, the massive singing lady and the professor had gathered around to witness the scene. The music stopped and everyone was wide-eyed and hushed. My dear girlie, the professor stepped forward and announced, the minute I saw you, I knew you were no ordinary child. Fire is a dangerous element and you have saved the day. Murmurs of appreciation rippled through the audience. Now listen to me, everyone, he said, calming the crowd. The show is over and this fine young lady shall have a reward for her bravery. The massive singing lady joined the children and they filed out of the laboratory. I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. Yolisa mumbled to the professor, suddenly feeling scared and tired of her utterly odd adventure. It's just that I'm absolutely starving, and I'm lost, and all I really need is to find my way back home. Well, it's good to have met you, the professor bobbed his head up and down enthusiastically. The first problem is an easy one to solve. I think you'll be pleased with what we have to offer. He pointed to the back door of the theatre. In a courtyard bathed in golden sunshine with bottles of cool drink and a huge selection of donuts, with different fillings and toppings on a low table at a donut stand. Children darted about eating, playing, and having fun. The 50 different flavors donut shop bakes these treats, he said excitedly. These aren't ordinary donuts, though. No, we call these mad food science donuts. The donuts in the back row smoldered under a cool haze of smoke from dry ice. The ones in front had colorful turrets of striped frosting with tiny edible shells, and they shimmered with rainbow dust. Gold coins and chocolate orange sugar crunchicles are hidden inside the centers of some. The professor smacked his shiny lips together. He pulled his donut apart into two pieces, searching for a coin. Finding nothing, he stuffed half into his mouth, chewing and speaking at the same time. You're at the Cybono Discovery Center, he said, crumbs spraying onto the ground. The center is all about science, and science is magic, he exclaimed. This was fantastic news. Yolisa had so many questions. Surely there must be a reasonable explanation for her strange journey. She longed to ask the professor about it. She thought of some questions while he picked through his treats. 
Um, <clears throat> Professor, she said, clearing her throat, do you think it's possible for people to transport their bodies from one place to another in a blink of an eye? In the blink of an eye? The professor seemed surprised. Yolisa nodded. What you're talking about is teleportation. One day, I believe it might well be possible, he answered thoughtfully. Science is all about discovering new things, girlie. We should never close our minds to new things. Satisfied with the answer, Yolisa bit into a donut. Well, I've got to leave you now, the professor declared, looking at his watch. I've got another show starting in five minutes. A cashier from the ticket office will come and fetch you to see you safely home. Yolisa waved goodbye to the professor who scurried off, his white coat trailing behind him. Across the courtyard, children wrapped their arms around giant yellow and blue figurines, moving them about on a huge chessboard painted on the ground. As Yolisa finished her donut, she bit into something hard. She sat very still. A gold coin! Quickly, she slipped the precious item into her pocket. Suddenly, a window onto the courtyard was flung open. A science communicator from the ticket office with a yellow hat and a worried face looked out. There she is! Hey, hold on! Everyone turned around to stare. Yolisa felt a hand on her shoulder. The red-haired woman from the science show stood beside her. I'll help you, she said. But the science communicator shut the window with a slam and hurried out of the door towards Yolisa. Thinking quickly, something she was really good at, Yolisa flung her map open, searching for O.R. Tambo International Airport. Train and bus lines wound neatly over land and underground. She focused all her attention on the airport pictures she had drawn. The glitter blindingly bright, then hurried towards the exit. Stop that girl, called the science communicator. Yolisa picked up speed. Her feet felt marvellous. The singing lady lumbered after her, beads of sweat dripping from her nose, and the science communicator ran after them both. Yolisa felt a tingling sensation in her hands, the glitter on her map sparkling in the sun. She launched herself upwards. Here I go! She shouted joyfully. My magic map is working! The science communicator and the singing lady grew smaller and smaller as Yolisa went higher and higher into the sky. Almost immediately, Yolisa felt herself land again. She hit the ground rather hard, but nobody seemed to notice. O.R. Tambo International Airport at last. Loads of people moved hurriedly in different directions, wheeling suitcases and pushing trolleys. Shops advertised their sales with bright and inviting signs. Yolisa needed to find Zeb. She started off in the direction of the airline queues and tottered forward. Wincing with pain, she looked down. The plaster cast was back on her foot and her tacky on the other. Disappointed, she tried to keep cool and limped slowly forward. In a bit of trouble, aren't you? Yolisa turned. Mrs. Beadle from the train. She glared at Yolisa questioningly, her striped bag over her shoulder. You know your brother is really worried, she said. He said you kept disappearing. Yolisa looked down at her map. He's over there with your wheelchair. Mrs. Beetle flagged down a relieved Zeb with a wave. I'll be off, she said, and then scurried away. Zeb had never felt so happy to see his sister. Cousin Debu had arrived from Zambia, and the three huddled in a little group at a cafe. 
near the arrival hall at the airport, swapping stories and drinking lime milkshakes. Zeb and Debo listened to Yolisa talk about her adventures, and their faces twisted in disbelief. Surely she had imagined it all. Afterwards, the three set off to board the car train on their journey home and settled themselves comfortably in a carriage. Dude, this train is the coolest way I've ever travelled, Debo exclaimed, excited at the sudden speed as the train set off. Yolisa leaned over to her brother. I want you to have this, Zeb. She passed him her Gautrain card and the map with strange drawings. No more adventures for me today. Zeb stared very quietly, gazing at the different pictures Yolisa had drawn in her notebook before she had disappeared. Yolisa smiled secretly to herself and, feeling proud, fished about in her pocket. Her fingers found a small, shiny object, the gold coin. The end.